Good evening, godless sodomites. Thank you. There we go. There we go. All There's right. The lady, right? The lady. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the excommunication station. I'm your host, Chaz. I'm joined by Chrissy and Donovan. How are you guys today? Oh, I'm super grumpy. I'm a grumpy Gretel because my mm -hmm. allergies are acting up. And then I was doing. My son does taekwondo, mm -hmm. and I had been doing. At having him practice at home with these YouTube videos that were like fight Sonic or jump over Star Wars characters oh, and he was really those all the time he was really digging them mm -hmm. but then the the channel we normally watch uh, today took a break <sighs> to talk all about um, Catholicism and how great it is and teach what? the kids the the rosary what? and then there was some That's weird cool. shit at, at the end of the talk about like we need to be prepared to defend our beliefs and fight for what's right. And I was like, oh, okay. Unsubscribe. The next part's like, and then if you're immaculately raped, it's okay. Yeah, it's, you know, whatever. Defend your beliefs. <laughs> Very true. Uh, Donovan, how are you? I'm good. I had a good family day today and just, yeah, hung out with the family and feeling good. pretty good. So how are you? Good. Good. Uh, I'm okay. I got a cortisone shot in my elbow today, so I'm in, in a lot of pain right now. And uh, but oh. other than that, I'm okay. So uh, I, please. I had uh, one of those in my elbow once, and fuck. Yeah, that's where I got it. Battery yeah. acid. Yeah, yeah, I had I had tennis elbow from yeah. playing too many video games. Yeah, which I'm not is sure the dumbest this is from. fucking thing. Oh. Uh, there was a guy the last time I went to the chiropractor was like, I have to get cortisone shots in my spine to be okay. I was like, that doesn't sound fun. No. <laughs> it's not a way like, to You don't have to do it. It was like an old yeah. dude in like one of those movies. Mark my words. Warning. <laughs> uh, before we start, uh, Chrissy is uh, inter internetless today. So she is uh, from her car today. Or no, you're not from your car. You're from your house, but you have, you're using uh, data instead of Wi-Fi. So, and I only uh, have two fine. bars. Yeah, so forgive us uh, off the bat. Yeah. But, uh, please, all right, with Please that, don't give us a two-star because of me. Yeah. <laughs> Do it because of me. Um, but, <laughs> um, we are your hip Zero. new youth pastors, and we've colonized people, and we live in a tainted place. We've colonized people to destroy the human race. We've got a lot of history so full of mistakes and colorblindness just serves to erase. Wow. So this is why you were listening to that when I got on the phone. Yeah, yeah, I tried to get the tune right and I don't think I did, so sorry <laughs> off the bat. Um but it's wrong uh, key, but you're close. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah, whatever. I'm not a music guy. Uh but uh, uh Except for that music Except for the music podcast that you have, yeah, we and talk the about that. music Instagram. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How don't, often do I you don't... guys go into the keys and stuff on the Cure songs? Well, that's the thing. I told them that I would never be able to do it. So uh, that's <laughs> any any type of equipment or musical note or playing music stuff that just goes to uh, Don or, uh, Donovan to uh, um, Antonio and Gavin because they're both musicians and I am not. We have another installment of what Josh Harris is up to. 
Guys, uh, are you going to be doing anything on uh, Friday, March 10th through uh, Sunday, March 19th, 2023? Why? I was going to go to the Satanist convention. Well, would you think about going down to Austin, Texas for South by Southwest? Because that is where Joshua Harris is going to be. What? Fuck yeah, I'd go to South by Southwest. Right. I'd love to go to South by Southwest, but not to see him. No, yeah, you're gonna go if see I saw, if Joshua I saw Harris. him, I'd just kick him in the nuts. Why is he even there? He's there with a company to promote stuff and to. Uh, is it the bidet all... company? No, it is not the bidet company. <laughs> I wish it was. I I think <laughs> if I remember right, I took a screenshot of the story thing he did, and then mm-hmm. uh, I think I accidentally deleted it. But uh, oh I think God. he's going to be there with some environmental company that he's trying to exploit and try to. Um, network that's what he does a lot now he's just networking um and oh really, yeah because he's a life coach now it's really schmoozing. fucking funny to watch schmoozing um, yeah schmoozing that's what it he's is just sticking his so, lips out and seeing whose asshole falls on it mm-hmm. oh. yeah absolutely you got some dollar that, bills that is a mental <laughs> image uh but uh with that we need to get started for today and uh, we need to do the most important thing that is to pray so hold the hand of the person next to you and if you're driving let jesus take the wheel welcome again to the voice of the martyrs radio my name is todd nettleton we are on the road this week in nashville tennessee we're going to talk about a book that has impacted literally millions of people Uh, and i am here with Michael Tate, the lead singer of the Newsboys, formerly part of DC Talk, as well as Dan Pitts, who is the co-manager and helped make this book happen. Uh, And so we're going to talk about the book Jesus Freaks with Michael Tate and Dan Pitts. Welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Hello, Todd. Good to be with you, my friend. Great to be here. I mean, you had an album, you had a brand that people recognized. Did you think this was going to be as big as it was, or did that kind of take you by surprise? We had no idea. I mean, as we said, we do music, and you know, <laughs> the book world was something brand new to us, uncharted territory. But we've always been a curious band and wanting to use other platforms to get the message out. And what a beautiful marriage of a great song, great premise, a great book. But the book came out, and I thought, okay, this is, you know, because I remember Fox and Mars, the original one, and it was kind of all the old English words, the dust, thous, and hence was a little tough for me. And then I read some of the mock-up stories for the book, the actual stories are condensed, and I really honestly enjoyed them. I thought, this, if this connects, it can be big. And to answer your question, we had no idea. Did you hit your vape too hard, Jack? No, this uh, soda I'm drinking. <laughs> Which one of the fucking 90 ones you got? <laughs> I got a Sprecher's Cherry Cola. 
It's my favorite cherry um, bowl in the world. Nice. Not the gingerbread Mountain Dew? No, that I'm going to try tomorrow with my wife. Um, I love that but, you uh, plan them out. That's so dope. Like, yeah, I love yeah. So, yeah. soda. Soda's my favorite. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's a so, dope vice. So. Yeah, really it is. Yeah, it's a lot I better don't... than being like, no, I haven't tried the black tar yet. I'm going to do that yeah. with my wife tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Just like uh, Damien, or not Damien Gerardo, um, what's it? The guy Pedro the Lion said, not hookers or heroin, not uh, gambling or sin. And it's just like Mountain Dew and other sodas are my vice. So. Dude, yeah, yeah I, I put off cucumber water for the longest time because oh, I was like, that just sounds rrr. fucking gross. And then I finally had it. I was like, this is so fucking refreshing. All right. This yeah. conversation is done. So disgusting. Um, Make sure you leave no, all of this in. No, but like, yeah, people will love it. Uh, blueberry soda. I was really uh, surprised how good it was. So, really? But, uh. Yeah. The Freak Show tour started on February 2nd, 1996. Audio Adrenaline opened up all of the dates. They stopped by the Devil Words and played a tamed down version of Jesus Freaks for the CCM Who's Who. And they walked away with three Devil Words that night for Artist of the Year, Song of the Year, and Rock Album of the Year. They Every time also... you say Devil Words, I think you're saying Devil Words. Devil Words, yes. <laughs> That sounds like something from Supernatural. That's exactly what I think, too, is the little yeah. fucking tattoos over their heart. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Demons can't get in now. Yeah, neither can angels. We're, we're safe, Sammy. <laughs> uh, they also grabbed their second Grammy for Best Rock Gospel Album. Uh, a professional crew followed them around for their off-the-stage antics and interviews, and then for three shows in the Pacific Northwest, their live performances were recorded for the next step in the Jesus Freak Cash Cow story. Awesome. Uh, the album was gaining pretty good reviews from the major publications like Billboards and Rolling Stone. And retrospect, history hasn't been so kind, including Pitchfork's review of the album in 2001, which I've used as a source. Hey, sorry, got to make a correction here. It was 2021, not 2001. Uh, where they give it a 6.7 out of 10 which I still think is high, but, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, C's get degrees. Six point yeah, seven out of 10 is, I don't, passing. I don't think that that's bad. I don't think no. that that's that bad. It's mm -mm. not great. I mean, the production, you got to put that in there. Like, it's kind of like when you do your SATs and you put your name down and you kind of get points for it. So yeah. if you have good production on an album, which this album does, um, mm -hmm. you're going to, you're going to at least get like what a four, a three, well, we know the lyrics is what give them the biggest jump because these <laughs> lyrics are fucking phenomenal. What is it, Kamikaze? Kamikaze, my death is in vain. Oh, my no, death is yeah. a gain. Is a gain. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, this the Spin Magazine breakdown of the rising Christian rock scene uh, is where they get where DC took where DC talk. It's called quote the flagship of the Christian Armada. And yeah. they said that their la latest outing was a, quote, post-apocalyptic grunge and anger-free white rap. What? So. That just all sounds like impossible words to put together. <laughs> but they made it happen. Well, and if it's anger-free, why are they always talking about racism? Like, you should be angry about that, right? Well, I personally, racism does not make me angry, so no. Well, I mean... <laughs> They can talk about racism, but there's no real anger behind it. Um, so because they're just yeah. exploiting it. 
Uh, yeah, I don't, they don't really see it as a sy systemic issue. But uh, the Tate positive... Doesn't know, uh, Tate doesn't also get a chance to say anything because they keep him on the verses. I mean, the courses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he can't rap, so, I mean, he's got to take a back seat, I guess. He um, might be able to. We never know. Anytime he, he tries, Toby Mac's like, yeah, but that's stereotypical. You got to stay in the back. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> People gonna expect that. <laughs> he he he. I was listening to an interview and he said that he's never been able to do it. So you know, he's just he's not his style. He likes rock. Um, the positive uh, outweighs. Amazingly, you, you would know, Mister Newsboys man. <laughs> they were uh, good. No, no, were. No, were, no, were. no, not even were and not even good. Um, You're both the pot now. <laughs> <laughs> The positive outweighed the bad, and Forefront put ridiculous amounts of money to push DC Talk and Jesus Freak. Forefront and DC Talks were then taking visits from major record labels to try to jump on board. Dude, DC Talks is such a better name than DC Talk. It even makes more sense when you say it out instead of the DC. What did I say? Yeah. You said Decent Christian Talks, or DC Talks, and... It oh, was, DC Talks. It's yeah, okay. It's such a better, such mm -hmm. a better name for that band. Probably that's like an, like, that's like a, yeah, that's like a Northeast thing because like we put S's on the ends of things. Like, yeah, uh, you like guys. We, yeah, there was an Eagles receiver called Alshon Jeffrey, and but everybody called him Alshon Jeffries. Well, Just now because... I know that's not his name. I thought that was his fucking name. No, his name is Alshon Jeffrey, <laughs> but everybody just calls him Jeffries. Just because, because we can't pronounce things in this. You city. guys just—that's—that's that's kind of bold of you all. Just, just, just like everyone will get used to it. We won't fix this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new. It's a north uh, northeast thing. They'll get used to. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, but the freak show tour was the biggest and most expensive Christian tour to date at that point. DC Talk grossed guys four point seven million dollars just from that tour. Wow. That's why all the cool bands are touring now after the pandemic, because everybody's like, I need that oh. money. Yeah, people are making bank, but like $4.7 million in 1999, or no, 1995 money, 96 money. So I don't even know what that would be now. Somebody, I can hear somebody click clacking. So somebody. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you said 1995? Yeah, 1996. And how much was it? Four point seven million dollars. Four point seven. I'm gonna say it's about ten. It's nine million. Yeah. Nine million yeah. twenty five thousand four hundred forty nine dollars wow. and forty eight cents. Congratulations, guys. Uh, just <laughs> yeah, that's just from the tour. That doesn't include the album and, and all the other stuff. But just about every song from the album was charting on top of the Christian music charts, despite only releasing four singles. Everyone, at least in the Christian world, knew DC Talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When my wife says no. she had no idea who they were, I was kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sit down. We need to listen to some stuff for the next five hours. Right. I was like, the kids, I get you. You were alive in the 90s. I don't understand this. Uh, to the credit of the evangelical church, they took advantage of their brothers in Christ. And probably one of the worst parts of their lives was... What happened next from a Chicago Tribune article between that was called Between Rock and a Christian Place? Quote, 
At meet and greets, DC Talks tries to make sure everyone gets an autograph, a photo pose, or a chance to chat. But even a band that espouses Christian generosity has to draw a line somewhere. Mm. A red metal tin of chocolate chip cookies sits in the dressing room, a gift from a suburban Chicago mother or a woman who needs a favor. No stranger to the band from past shows, she wants 30 backstage passage for the meet and greet. What? Her request places the band in a sticky situation. The fact is, there's no way I can come off a two-hour show after a four-day run and give her my undivided attention, Tate says. I'd love to, mm -hmm. but I can't. And somehow, because we're Christians, uh, his voice trails off. A few hours later, Tate catches his second wind. It's almost 2 a.m. McKeenan has left the Rosemont hours ago with his wife. Smith is sitting in the tour bus moments after a draining encounter with an obsessed fan. When Smith tried to talk about the Lord, she just wanted to talk about Smith. He is ready. He's ready to head back to the band's hotel, collect his things and call it a night. Everyone's waiting for Tate and the bus can't leave without him. Then the front door opens and it's Tate with dozens of teenagers in tow. Who wants to play some video baseball, he asks, and the giddy crowd follows him towards the back of the bus. He was ministering to those kids out in the parking lot, Smith says. The other night, it was my turn. End quote. Fuck no. That just... Go to bed. Uh, I put that in there just because it, it's just a reflection of, like, how we had no boundaries growing up and, yeah. like, how... Yeah how people in the church would kind of like there's no no yeah take, take people the would exploit that. Away from that yeah yeah um it's kind of creepy mm -hmm. it is and it's like well what are they going to say no like they're not going to do that that's a sin you know <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's creepy on the part of the parents to just let that happen and at 2 a.m uh, yeah yeah, yeah. And it also oh, goes get on to... this band's tour bus and go back in yeah. the back. No, but no, we no. got dropped off at people's houses all the time for no right. fucking reason, just because they were who they were in the church. No, no thought given. So yeah, it also shows how uh, just beaten down they are, and with like not, not just the uh, having to do things because they're Christian, but they're so blind to how odd and uh what's the word i'm looking for inappropriate that is because mm -hmm. it's the christian thing sure. to, do to say yes yeah like, yeah there's a ton one of, person yeah, could have just one kid one kid could have been like something happened you know what i mean mm -hmm. and but they're not thinking about that no they're it's not crazy. no but yeah well, and something just... could happen because just because you're christian oh, doesn't mean you don't molest kids no no absolutely <clears throat> not wait Chaz, wait sit down buddy Sit down. <laughs> Let me tell you a little thing called Catholicism. This is going to be crazy. But yeah, I just remember being in houses and in, in even my own house where it was like the will of the pastor, the whoever's in charge, the elders, the deacons outweighs the will of the family or the will of the parent um, uh -huh. to say no. Um, even your kids, like how many times, Chrissy, I'm sure you were wrangled in the babysitting just because you were a Christian girl and you're just kind of oh, forced yeah. to do it. I was forced yeah. to do it when I, I was a boy. So and the amount of like awkward, too long hugs Ugh, yeah. from yeah, I'm men sure. in the church, like, uh, and you can't really be like, stop touching me now. 
Mm-hmm. Or, oh, mm-hmm. the worst is when they lean in and hug you and then start praying into your ear. Uh, oh, no. Nice. I want to make, I, I was going to start doing like jokes and voices, but I can't. And I don't want to mess with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> probably definitely right. triggers some people. Let's move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. It triggers me to even think about it. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's so funny. No, it's okay. It's, uh, okay. it's actually not, though, Chris. <laughs> No, it is because I expect to remember shit like that when we get together. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, now back on tour, you won't hear stories of any orgies or drug fueled child sacrifices. But the group had Bible study each night, right as Audio Adrenaline was starting. DC Talk would meet with their backup dancers and music- musicians and their tour pastor and read and pray together right up until time it was to go on stage. Now, when they hit the stage, they had tons of energy. They started incorporating slam dancing into the oh, stage shit. antics, where Kevin and Tate would jump into the crowd also and slam dance in the pit at times. And guys, they would crowd surf and yeah. stage dive. Hell yeah. There was a oh. there was a pit at yeah. DC talk shows. Like a it real was, pit. It was it, it was like a it was like a push pit, probably just during Jesus Freak. They weren't doing a wall or anything. Right? Oh no, no no no! Yeah yeah, wall of death. I would. I mean, if I oh if I could God. transport myself back in time and bring a couple friends, that I would be see fun. Everybody open up the fucking pit. Some people have to learn the hard way. Let's get this My best fucking friend was born in a manger. And then everybody starts pushing each other and knocking them out. Yeah, I want to uh, see some fucking bows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they started off their sets with guy help from the Beatles. Ew. Uh, ballsy. Oh, that's con- so cheesy. It, it's cheesy, but it's ballsy considering that many evangelicals considered the Beatles blasphemous. Um, they, they, they they're just their- terrible. Well, I, I don't never like the Beatles. I'm yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to respectfully be quiet. Uh, yes, please do. I really I don't like them. Though. Love the Beatles. Yeah, I've never been able to get into them. Um, when I but, say uh, I love the Beatles, though, I literally just mean their songs are catchy and they make me happy. The people themselves, yeah. tremendous. There are such better boy bands. Let me send you a mixtape of In Sync. Hey, I love In Sync. I love Backstreet Boys. I love Five. I love One Direction. I love all ninety-eight that shit. degrees. Oh, town. I think this Great. is where this is the stuff people don't like. In no, the they're enjoying it. They're like, "Oh, town! <laughs> Holy shit!" Uh, the, ba- the band, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> come, my lady, come, come, my lady. That's crazy uh, town, buddy. Oh damn, that's another one. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady. Uh, Sugar anyway. Ray. Yeah. Oh. Uh, they ripped the through. Ray. Don't say a word. The group would would uh, rip through their hits like "Love Is a Verb," "Jesus Is Just All Right," and "Colored People." They would play the they would play cover uh their cover of day by day and in the light. They also mm. throw in a cover of REM's "End of the World as We Know It." Not the they one would... I expect. No. What <laughs> did you expect? Losing my religion? I I kind of did. And they'd be like, "This is a song for sad people that'll go into the, the devil place." <laughs> Dude, I my uh, worship team at at church always did a cover of. Uh, won't back down by Tom Petty, uh, and it still to this day makes me irrationally angry thinking about it. Mm. 
That's the white person running for Congress in the fourth district of Georgia uh, theme song. <laughs> Not Dr. Dre. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. uh, the band would also finish their set with the song The Hard Way and then would do an encore into Jesus Freak. Open up and the they fucking pit. <laughs> then they would do they would do a short cover of Nirvana's All Apologies, mm. changing the lyrics from Donovan, just just hold on for a second, all right? Changing the lyrics from Everyone is Gay to Jesus is the Way. Oh. Kurt Cobain, I'm sure if he was alive, would love it. Donovan, put your microphone down. <laughs> He's stabbing the wall. That is what? the fucking stupidest fucking lyric. <laughs> Jesus is Wait, isn't Jesus is just all right with me a cover too? Yeah. Didn't someone else sing that? It might. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was a cover. Didn't they was also it? do a cover of Spirit in the Sky? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Oh, I don't know. God, you'd have like to look half it up. Of their, like half of their concert songs are covers. Well, they're not musicians. They... That's the problem. Is that they're not they're not sitting down writing music, so they kind of have to like mooch off yeah. other. Not like, you know, not that they're, they're like, not the who? first group to do it. Mm-hmm. They're Who like the writes their music? And Smokey Robinson wrote all their music. You know what I mean? It's like that. So they they write they write the lyrics, and I think they get a a vibe down of what they want to go with, and then they have studio musicians and people that they've worked mm-hmm. with for years that that write session music. Session musicians, that, yeah, shit. session musicians. The same thing that happens to boy bands, and you know mm-hmm. that's why you get like when you look at uh, the liner notes of a song that say written by, and there's like 40 people there. <laughs> You're right, like, they all wrote a part of the course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of just one dude that wrote the whole entire thing. So, mm-hmm. but, just uh, like anyway, Beyonce's song. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, before leaving the stage at night, to- Toby would talk to the crowd from that Chicago Tribune, uh, inter- uh article again, quote, most of gen- most of our generation looks for escapes. He begins, there's a guy named Kurt Cobain who took drastic measures. I don't think he made the right decision. Whoa. Scattered books fill the horizon. Is the, crowd, is the crowd jeering Cobain's suicide or the prospect of a scolding sermon? McKean continues, quote, our hearts go out to him and his family he left behind. Then McKeon talks about how young adults stuff pain through alcohol, sex, and the pursuit of money. Hell yeah. Well, <laughs> the guys on the stage have tried these temporary answers. McKean oh. says, what we found was something off the beaten path. You know that beaten path that no one has ever gone on, like Christianity? Um, oh, yeah. It's such <sighs> an alt lifestyle. Yeah. You've probably heard it before. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. And then they would leave the stage for the night. So. And then well, like... at least they didn't do an altar call. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Yeah. Although I didn't see it in there. Uh, you know what? Maybe at this point they might have taken that out mm. just because they're trying to, they're playing to like a mainstream crowd, I guess. Yeah, I don't no, know. They're trying to be a show. I don't recall. I didn't. Oh, I saw I'm them sh- during this tour, but I don't remember if there was an altar call. I'm I think I saw them at with a a, a a cover of "Rate Me" but calling it "Save Me." Oh, <laughs> save me again. 
Save me again. <laughs> Backslide. Backslide again. Oh, man. No. We should just write Nirvana Christian covers. Oh, okay. He's the one who went <laughs> kissed me on the mouth and they hung me on a cross and I don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, while on tour, Forefront Records finally did something that I'm sure they had been wanting to do for more than a decade now, and that is to get a distribution deal with a major label, and that would be Virgin Records. As I mentioned, oh. mentioned last episode, this was something that labels do during major trends, and they felt one was coming on with the Christian music industry, especially DC Talk. It's like what? Do you uh, think they thought it was a sign? Like, oh, Virgin Records. <laughs> we want people to wait for Mary. So, so it's, the, this is God telling us. This is the one mainstream one we can go with. <laughs> yeah. Part of me wants to say yes. Um, and part like it's just like I don't understand what would go into that decision, like sign, signing between that and Capital or whoever else was courting them. I don't know if that went into the decision making, but that would it's be funny. Just if, money, honestly. Yeah, that's my guess. But it fits. It fits. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not I, like head splitter records or anything like that. Jesus's <laughs> butthole records. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you got to go in there to get closer to them. So, that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got a real great offer from Death Row Records, but, you know. <laughs> I, lo I love when uh, those fads happen where studios just start grabbing up copyrights of the same shit. Mm -hmm. Like when zombies, zombie movies were big, comic book movies were big, you know, it's so fucking yeah. funny. Yep. And then or that time. weird time, that weird time in the 90s when Gregorian chants were a thing. Mm-hmm. Is that when that, that one song, Enigma, Enya? starts like that because of that? Yeah. Yes. Ooh, fucking yeah. Dahmer. I don't even know the lyrics. It's just, oh. Yeah. Like, you, guys, you guys like this one? I'm just, <laughs> just going to cut loose tonight, you know? <laughs> uh, Virgin Records uh, needed something that only one song in the album provided, and that was Crossover Appeal. Not genre appeal, but as getting non-Christians to buy into a Christian album. And mm. the song Just Between You and Me, a song not even being played on tour. They didn't even fucking play the song on tour. And not even included on the upcoming DVD and CD release about the tour was picked up as a hit single for the album. And uh, it was just that, the biggest hit single for DC Talk. Really? Yep. I can... I can... Wow, that's honestly surprising, actually. I was going to say I can see it, but that's surprising, honestly. It's an uh, okay song. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's okay. Um, it is what it is. Uh, I like the middle part, like that little bridge. There's got to be a revolution. That's the best part of the whole song. That's, that's is great. That Tate? I love it. I yeah, don't I think know that was it, Tate. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but not <laughs> even not shit on the other guys. Not even the next great Christian rock group to explode Jars of Clay could match the chart success of Just Between You and Me, which I find incredibly funny. Despite their their career of making cheesy rap filled with feeble soul, 
filled with hateful, ignorant, and eye-rolling lyrics, their biggest success was a generic, inoffensive, Christianless rock song, soft rock song, that you can faintly hear in supermarkets today. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I think I've heard it. <laughs> and that was, I'm not insulting anyone because no, I no, never no. accomplished that, but it's just, um, it's just fascinating to me. That through all their work and everything that they did, like that's the the song. That's the big one. <laughs> yeah, it is really yeah. weird. Especially because like even in the Christian world where they're most known whenever anyone talks about them, it's Jesus Freak or what if I stumble? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well uh, so crazy. I would, yeah, I would even say Free at Last is probably up there or uh Jesus is just alright. But yeah, absolutely. A2J. Well, A J Listen, we can't bring that up again because only two of us are ADJ. Yeah, that's true. So. Well, she was muted for a second, so I thought I could talk about it without her saying anything. Okay, she is muted right now. We're A to J, brother. I know we are. Yeah, straight. straight. Sorry, I didn't it's realize all... I was muted. Oh. I heard oh. everything, and I'm all too right. legit to quit, so F off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Jesus Freak train kept on moving, though. After the Freak Show tour was over, the group went on the festival tour circuit, then right over to Europe for the rest of 1996. And on March 14, 1997, the group played South by Southwest. Tie that back in. Together. Really? How? Um, yes. How? They played it. But for what? <laughs> for all the cool kids in Austin to go see them when South they're done with West Nine Inch Nails and uh, horror movies, indie horror, because that's a lot of what's down there. Hey, maybe they went to go check out some flicks. Yeah, right. After fucking uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, the new generation, they fucking went and watched DC Talk. (laughs) (laughs) The Devil Wars was held on April 25th, 1997, and DC Talk once again ruled the day. Pop song of the year, rock album of the year, although the album being released in 95. uh, Rock song of the year for Like It, Love It, Need It. And video of the year for Jesus Freak. Newsboys oh. losing, Newsboys lost to them in every category except for record packaging. I oh. Put that little note in there for Donovan. There's, what there's record was that? Donovan? For... Is it the one with the uh, the rocket ship on the front? Uh, is that the Take Me to Your Leader one? I think so. Yeah, that's the album that they that they won for best packaging. That's so. so weird that that's a category. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird to award the, to get. You got to give it to the designers and the the people that do the artwork for the album and the promotional stuff. They got to get something, I guess. That's so weird. But, they just don't uh, have enough shit to 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 nominate. They're just yeah. like, ah, who's got the coolest cover? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you can find a video of them playing the song "Colored People" at the Devil Awards. Well, someone tries to paint something in the background and they fail miserably because they don't get it done in time. So you have no idea what they're painting. Um, Dude, they were take, trying... me, take Me to Your Leader by Newsboys is even a fucking better song than all these songs. I'm actually offended that they lost. They lost to, yeah, yeah, that was up there for, uh, I think that to was a two year old album. Such yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Um, but Kevin stands up uh, during the performance and gives a peace sign and says, Give peace a chance. What? I'm sure the whole experience was very uncomfortable for a number of the people in that room. Um, That's weird. I don't. Yeah, I mean, Why? I think it's cheesy at this point, but like, 
you have the who's who of the Christian CCM world up there that aren't the most progressive people. Mm. And that could well, be, cool. I'm sure they took that as almost as a middle finger. Uh, well, when you put so, it that way, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. So we kind of have to take these things in the perspective of the time that they happen sometimes. And that was that I take is kind of like a middle finger to them, but that's just me. I'm also uh, not going to lie. Like, I am every time we do this, for, like, I think it's a defense mechanism, but like, I actively try not to slip back into this flame of mine. <laughs> yeah. It's quite no, right. It's, that's, yeah. That's why I'm just like, that's, that's fucking dumb. And then when you're like, well, I'm like, oh, hold on, let me think about that. Like, I used to, oh, that's pretty metal. <laughs> um, Bet you anything the... he wouldn't have done the peace sign and said, give peace a chance after 2001. Oh, uh we're gonna get to that next next episode <laughs> uh they also won a measly grammy for rock gospel album of the year for jesus freak what? Uh, the group the group only played a handful of dates that year but uh not all was lost if you were a freak on the parent off the parental leash the welcome to the freak show dvd and uh, sorry, the Welcome to the Freak Show uh, would be hitting those VCRs and fuck your fucking cassettes because this would be the first DC Talk album ever released on just CD. Oh shit, phasing it out. Wait, the, what year was this? 1997. Oh, wait, year did Freak on a Leash come out? Because either oh my gosh, get out of my dome! And they were get out of out. my dome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you picked up on that. Um, <laughs> I love when I put little things in there and like somebody's just like, oh, um, anyway. Uh, little fucking v- uh, little popcorn seeds. Yeah. And then pop- yeah. <laughs> the VHS was released on June 17th and the CD was released on August 26, 1997. The DVD mm-hmm. wouldn't come out until 2003. Uh, both sold amazingly well and went gold. Which would for oh. videos over fifty thousand sold, and for an album is five hundred thousand sold. Um, and awards would come in again, and uh, Jesus Freak was becoming an industry. Damn. In in nineteen ninety seven, Michael and Toby formed their own anti racist organization called Erase, E R A C E, or eliminating racism and creating equality. Hmm. They held an initial benefit concert for the organization in March 1997 and officially launched the organization on September 21st, 1997, when they played the Racial Reconciliation Rally in Little Rock, Arkansas, where Billy Graham and Evander Holyfield both spoke. What? Don't fucking know what's going on. Um, Billy Graham like races? No, 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 not not Billy Graham. I think you're thinking of somebody else. I feel like they're all uh, racist. I mean, probably up to a point, but big pot to uh, choose from. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, thirteen thousand people attended that rally. Uh, I haven't been able to find too much more information on what happened to the organization after this. Uh, But Pat uh, Robertson ran on stage and started streaking. It was just stripped from the headlines. (laughs) Yeah. 1998 was another slow touring year for that group. Uh, they did play one race benefit show, but after that, I couldn't find any more. Um, and they also played the Creation Festival, 
where I watched them from the top of a hill with the other group of punk rock outcasts at the Creation Festival. Um, the just awards came... fun of them. <laughs> I don't even remember. We we're just I think we were just kind of watching and be like kind of being like, wow. Then you were all moved by what if I stumble and you're like, how's your yeah. work with the Lord? We were all like kneeling and raising hands and swaying and uh, <laughs> one of you spoke in tongues. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. No, just a little bit. Yeah, uh, and then somebody started skanking around us, and <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a wall of death. Yes. <laughs> now I'm just imagining somebody skanking to like w- like really slow organ ridden worship music. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Just go to a church this Sunday and just do it. Somebody just like, I want everybody to come up here and just come up to the front of the altar and this dude's just skanking. <laughs> Anyone uh, the, does it, send us a video. Please. The awards uh, came in for Welcome to the Freak Show as well. They won a Grammy for Best Rock Gospel Album and one for Best uh, Video for Colored People also. Um, the group went back into the studio for their last album, Supernatural. Prior to this, I have never listened to this album, and what? I was a, I was a better man before it. Disagree. <laughs> I've you've you've told me many things, and I'm very proud of you for speaking to your therapist about and everything since you listened to this. So I disagree. <laughs> they wrote a long ass pop punk song. Like I, I can't even. I'm. We're not going to break down the album. We're not going to go through it. It was a piece of Are shit. You into Jesus. Stop. Are you into I, Jesus? I don't know the reference because I only listened to it once. It's a I can't song do it from again. the album. Okay. Have All you right. read your red letters? I, again? Sp- yeah. I, sure. <laughs> I'm just looking at the track list. I don't remember okay. these fucking songs. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> but uh, I had no clue how popular this album initially was. It debuted at number four in the top 100 and number oh, one in the in the Christian charts. Uh, despite the initial sales, the album sold and the sold out tour that followed, it definitely did not have the staying power that Jesus Freak had. I didn't dedicate a whole episode to Supernatural for a reason. Uh, it was pretty much void of what made DC Talk work in the first place and somewhat made it work, work in Jesus Freak. The album lost all its nominations uh, for Grammys and Dove Awards, and Newsboys finally beat DC Talk out for Best Video of the Year for Entertaining Angels. Boy, Jars of Clay must have just been gritting their teeth with rage and jealousy. I'm surprised Donovan hasn't come in with an Entertaining Angels. No, I don't remember that song. You don't know that song? Nope. Entertaining angels by the light. kind of guy, so what? I'm a B tracks kind of guy, so oh, okay. Yeah, you're more into that indie Christian scene. <laughs> yeah, man. I go for back that. when they back when they were on fucking cocaine and talking about how cool it is to be Jesus. Yeah, bro. Absolutely. You know that movie coming out with Kelsey Grammer? I'm all about that kind of Jesus. I don't even know what you're Wait, talking what? about. What? That movie where like the hippie Jesus comes and lives in Kelsey Grammer's house and they start like a church. Like no idea what that is. Movement. Yeah. It just came no. out. No clue. Know, I'll have to look it up. Yeah. But, Sorry. Uh, I saw yeah. that at the beginning of a of a movie I wouldn't see in the kids with oh, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> That's quite all right. Uh 
Just when it seems like the sales and the sales were out of Jesus Freak and DC Talk, the Columbine Massacre took place on April 20th, 1999. If you'd like to go back and listen to our Columbine series, if you'd like to know more about how the Evangelical Church not just exploited the massacre, but also built a generation of kids willing to die for Christ. The Evangelical Church saw songs like Jesus Freak as a rallying cry for what it meant to be a real Christian. Dedicated meant saying yes with a gun to your head. So an organization called Voice of the Martyrs wanted Mm. to use the murders of all those children to make a book with the biggest youth and parent-loving group who have already showed the world their martyrdom boner, and DC Talk was happy to help. We all talk about the... What's that? Did you say which group it was? DC Talk. No, no, that they teamed up with. Yeah, Voice of the Martyrs. What is that? I'm going to go into that, what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, We'll talk about the organization a a little bit after we talk about the book, Uh, but Mm -hmm. they worked together to write this book called Jesus Freaks, Stories of Those Who Stood for Jesus, The Ultimate Jesus Freaks. I didn't even hear about this book book until I watched that TikTok about it. Oh, really? I had this. Mm -hmm. I had it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it a number of times in used bookstores. It reminded me of uh, those post-secret books. Yeah. 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 That's what it reminded me of. I used to have all those. Danielle used to collect them. She followed before the internet happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had um, she think I think they have a TikTok now where they post them still, like new ones. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they're on Facebook too. I see them every once in a while. Some of them, they're like so sweet and like whimsical, but then they can be dark and so fucking depressing. Yeah, I yeah. pulled my I like grandmother's them. life support to charge my iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, uh, I was initially going to read this book on here, but uh, it, but I read it the other night, and it's absolutely worthless. I'm just going to do a quick summary on here for you so you don't have to. Um, And if you've already read it, I don't want you to have to go through it again. Um, So the book starts off with the individual messages from each of the members of DC Talk and what it means to them to be a Jesus freak. Then Voices of the Martyrs executive director, Tom White himself, being seen as a persecuted Christian, wrote another personal message also. Mm. The book is then filled with short stories, one to four pages or so, about a person who was either persecuted, tortured, or killed in the name of Jesus. As I started going through the book... One to four pages is just right to read on the toilet. Yes, absolutely. Shit. It is. Uh, As I I started going through the book, I noticed one common theme. Just about each story fell within a certain timeline in history, and each of these timelines portrayed the enemies and boogeymen of the church. The first group are the, the enemy. People, uh, the first group are the people who were murdered at the very beginning of the church. Without historical context, it would make a teenager think that they are just like the earlier followers of Christ. The government of then could become like the government of today, and they would be hunted down. Zero context that Jews, which these people were, 
are already looked down upon and distrusted by the Roman government and also by the Pharisees and the religious leaders of that day. Uh, now a group of people are following a man who is outright opposed to the status quo of the system of not just a Roman occupation, but of that of the religious powers that be. There's no perspective that Christianity was a new radical religion, only that it's still the most radical thing you can do today. No I've heard Mormons say that too. Like that's that it it's not a cult, it's just a new radical religion. It's the second coming of mm -hmm. Jesus. Yeah. I've heard them describe yeah. themselves like that. Wow. <sighs> yeah. That um, phrase just like yeah, that unlocks some shit for me. The second coming of Jesus. The way you said it, it's not a cult. It's 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 uh it's radical because they don't see it the way that we see it. They are they don't know, so it's radical to them. But it's the second coming, you know that kind of shit. Just yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. But really, it's the same shit, just repackaged. <clears throat> yeah, that's yeah. Same old racism and misogyny. The eight year old in me was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now look into that, uh, that Christians back in that day were also viewed as a radical sect of Judaism from, from many perspectives. Many of these people were still practicing Jews. So we like the idea that children of the United States in the nineties would have anything in common, let alone any type of faith in common with anybody from the original church is mm -hmm. ridiculous um even just from the fact that they didn't have a biblical text to go with at that point in time except for the old testament is what we take so mm -hmm. you know but uh anyway the next context would probably be uh mormonism or maybe some cult movements but uh christianity is the most popular religion in this country no one would blink an eye at you if you were to say, I go to church on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Our our, polit our politicians swear in on the Bible. There is no way to drive down a road and not see a church, cross, or some sort of religious symbol. To my knowledge, since 1776, uh, I don't believe that any Christian has ever been imprisoned because they are a Christian. And that, despite my best efforts, it will never be illegal to be a Christian. Yet, yeah, that's not yet, you, dude. <laughs> yet somehow, I bet, you, I bet you, like the Mormons think, oh well, Joseph Smith was in prison for being a Christian, and I bet there's other people like Warren Jeffs, who yeah. they're like, oh, he's persecuted for his faith. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's definitely the reason. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's why not I, all the pedophilia. Yeah, that's why I put in here that the closest anybody would have any relation to the original church would probably be the Mormons or some cult movements that are seen as extreme outside of what normal Christianity would be. But anyway, uh, yet somehow we are supposed to feel some kindred spirit with Jewish men and women who couldn't read, had no idea of what capitalism was, lived under the rule of a cruel empire where just being a Jew, let alone a Christian, left you with little to no rights. Nothing is but put that's into just like us. historical context. That's just like us. That's our, you know, Christians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next group of martyr stories were taken during the mid-1500s 
but mostly around 1554 and 1555. The it's quite book a gives, jump. Yeah, the book gives, yeah, yeah. There's what happened between those years of like zero to 1555. Uh, the book gives no Doesn't historical. Matter. Well, yeah. the building of an empire fucking happened and they don't want to talk no. about that. Um, the book gives no historical context to what is going on in Europe. Edward the sixth was on the verge of death in the mid fifteen in mid fifteen fifty three, and he had major concerns that his work, that his father Henry the eighth had done to separate the England England from the Catholic Church, would have gone to waste. His heir was his half sister Mary, who was pro Catholic. He appointed his cousin heir, Lady Jane Grey, uh, and uh, she was appointed queen when Edward, Edward died on July 6, 1553. Support for, uh, support for Jane Eyre fell apart, and she was queen for nine days. Um, Jane Mary, Grey, not yeah, Jane yeah. Eyre. Yeah, what, did I say Jane Eyre? Jane Grey, yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Mary the first ruled f for five years and she worked the entire time to reverse the English Reformation and return the country to Catholic rule. And part of this was persecuting and killing Protestants. Good old bloody Mary. She had around 300 people burned at the stake for their religious beliefs. There are numbers of stories pulled out of, of this time from the Fox's books, book of martyrs. Um, so when we look in that, look at this collection of stories in a vacuum, we don't understand that this was all political in nature. It was a power struggle and had nothing to do with evangelical Christianity. If a Protestant from 1554 looked at the average church today, he'd want every one of those fuckers burnt at the stake for heresy for something that they said or how they look. Or just letting women wear, wear, you know. Short yep. sleeves. Just existing. Yeah. <laughs> if there's context, it is that they are anti-Catholic and that Protestant Christianity is infallible. Yay. Sorry. Uh, this country will never have a split between Christian and Catholic unless it's ever brought on by the Christians themselves. Don't get me wrong. There's a list as long as the Mississippi to hate the Catholic Church, but I've never seen outright hate and anger for Catholics in the modern world like I've seen from the evangelical church. The only time I can think of there being a, a hullabaloo about Catholicism is when JFK yes. got elected mm -hmm. and everybody was worried that he would answer to the Pope and not, yeah, yeah. I guess, the Constitution. Yeah, there's a little bit of that with Biden because he's our second Catholic president. But oh, is he? Yeah, he's only the second. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's um, kind of crazy. Yeah, we've had a Honestly. bunch of we've had a bunch of Christians, two Catholics, and a Muslim. Um, but uh, he like was not Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about Trump, joke. right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna appropriate everything. Now darken my skin. That's why he wears the, that foundation. The blood and the violence is on both hands of the Catholic and Protestants. 
Uh, I don't see anywhere in this book that the violence and the genocide made by the Protestants against the people of Ireland that could even be brought into modern terms. And everyone's white, too. So the book does nothing to mention colonialism or slavery. The hunting down by Protestants of indigenous people just because they weren't Christian. I tried finding that in the book, but nowhere to be found. Did you check the index? Yeah, I even checked the index. Um, how many Jesus freaks have lynched black people? What will you think when oh. they hear that the Jesus freaks own slaves? <sighs> the next group of Christian martyrs come from within our own historical context, but none of them are within our country. Either Christians are in peril within communist USSR, USSR or its satellite countries, China or Indonesia, or Muslim countries, which which bridge the gap nicely of the anti-communism of the 80s and the anti-Islam of the 90s and 2000s. Have the communists and fascists abused, persecuted, and killed Christians in their countries? Absolutely. But that is no way exclusive to Christianity. They do the same to Catholics, Buddhists, Muslims, and all other religions. They did the same. Why would you kill a Buddhist? They're so nice. Not all of them. There's some. There's some violent Buddhists. Um, Let's justify murder. Okay. (laughs) Oh, like the warrior monks, like in Batman. No, what the fuck are we talking about? Are you talking about the League of Shadows? Yes. No, I'm talking about Ra's Al Ghul. I I am the League of Shadows. (laughs) (laughs) I have come to fulfill Ra's Al Ghul's destiny. Oh, my. (laughs) It's, I mean, I'd watch it. Um, uh,. These people uh, did the same to political dissidents and sexual and racial minorities. As tragic as it all is, Christians, you are not special and you are not in the minority when it comes to all this. You are just part of the system that gets abused and killed. I'm sorry. When it comes to people calling out, well, the Christians are being killed in X, Y, and Z country. Yes, Mm -hmm. they are. And it's terrible. And I I want it to stop because it's not right. But you don't have the same fever or excitement or willing to help when it comes to other people being massacred in other countries for their religious beliefs. So, yeah. Sorry. Well, that's because the other religions are wrong. Well, yeah, yeah, I know that. I mean,. If they believed in Jesus, it wouldn't happen, I guess. Yeah. but uh, Wait when a it comes second. To... I thought it happened the most to Christians. It Why? does all the time, every day. Right now. I'm, it I'm, just happened. Whew, I'm doing it right now. Um, yeah, as you said you wouldn't while you were recording anymore. I got the whole family in my basement. Jesus oh, um, Christ. Well, at least it's a family affair. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to more modern tales and Islam... Uh, As Islamic-based terrorism rose in the 90s, this shift and addition only makes more sense. Yes, there are Christians who are killed and persecuted in Islamic-dominant countries. These are actions of a fundamentalist against a religious minority. And if we had time, someone could do a podcast just on Islamic phobia. 
crimes in the United States usually done by some good old Jesus freaks again. I'm not excusing what is being done to these Christians, and it's horrible and tragic, but Christians aren't special in this. There are also major political and foreign uh, policy issues when it, uh, which have put our nations at odds, indirectly or indirectly controlling their homelands, and thus an enemy of Western culture. So there's some good reasons why this stuff might be happening. Um, I'm not justifying it. We, they didn't give any context of why it's happening other than just because they are Christians. Mm. Um, this is all because off. they were couldn't be because they were there like forcing their religion on people. Be another like, thing too. It's never happened. You know, happened. <laughs> missionaries bringing people to the light is not a negative thing like you're making it sound. You're right. You're right. Appreciate that. Uh, this is all played off in a very, quote, they hate us for our freedom sort of way. They hate us because they hate us. <laughs> uh, when it's com incredibly complex and out of your youth group leader's depth to explain it to you. Yeah, he's just like, they're just peanut butter and jealous, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Jesus told me when I prayed last night. I said, hey, Jesus, what's the matter with these silly gooses? And he said, they're just peanut butter and jealous. Now don't uh, I, I hear you see I let go of Stacy's hand. That's a little too close. Leave room for Jesus. Can't hold you can't hold you can't hold hands with Jesus with Jason's penis in your hand, Chase Chase Stacy. Well, Jason too, I mean I'm just flabbergasted that you guys are doing this in the middle of youth group. <laughs> Put your parts away. <laughs> Uh, some of the names of some of the stories are changed to help protect people, uh, which judging by the first story where they use Casey Burnell or sorry, where they use Cassie Burnell makes them harder to believe. I didn't dive into the stories themselves, but I wouldn't even take them at face value. Sorry, not sorry. Mm. You mean um, they might be lying to get clout? Maybe. Uh, who knows? Um Wait relating they do that <laughs> relating your christian faith to anything uh any of these people live through is daft we don't realize that in that bubble because we are being cheerleaded to believe that cassie burnell's story is all but certain to have happened uh and would happen to us and that the political world uh, we would be born into reinforcing that we would be all hunted down by whoever hates us and at very least, we could be left behind and that we would be forced into that decision. So now you're fully prepared for either the next Columbine or the rapture. So I follow this uh, survival preppers uh, thing on Facebook. And the other day, they were all in a flutter about something happening. Um, mm. And the, all the comments were... Well, I'm prepared, and Jesus is my savior, so nothing can harm me. It's like, um, your well, cans you of corn are not going to save you from, you know, whatever it is. That's, hmm. Yeah. I was going to buy a bunch of toilet paper, but I said, Jesus is coming anyway. I'm not going to wipe my ass for months. <laughs> like the Lord didn't. I'm natural, Jesus. Uh, two things are for goddamn sure. The rapture ain't coming, but 
the next Columbine is going to happen any second, but no one is going to hold a gun to your head and ask you if you are a Christian. The probability is that a well-regulated Jesus freak is going to spray the good Lord's love across a synagogue, a mosque, a, block, a black church, or a gay nightclub, and they won't even have the courtesy of asking what they believe before they are murdered. Without a doubt, the book accidentally fell into the 9-11 fever. From the government to the church, the entire country embracing the persecution mentality. If it wasn't because our freedom or Western ideology, the church twisted it as a battle between Islam and Christianity. Now they had hard evidence of violence against Christians. Well, maybe one day we'll do an episode of 9-11 in the church because it was a defining moment in my faith. But if you like to find the reasons why 9-11 happened, you won't find Bin Laden ranting about the oppressive boot of Christianity and how they need to beat off the Bible thumpers. But I can just pull up numbers of reports of violence and crimes against Muslims, Sikhs, Hindus, and other religious minorities in this country by Jesus freaks in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, this it's always so nice when we talk about things like this because um, it's not triggering at all. No. And, um, I love it. Taking you back You're to right. 2001. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. I, I definitely don't remember any of that rhetoric that was spit from that pulpit. Mm -hmm. <sighs> about the savage, the savage nature of Islam. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And how they're just trying to stop the love of Christianity from spreading. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, I'm sure if you ask any brown person of a certain age how how they and their families and their communities were treated after 9-11, you'd see some very fine Jesus freaks behind that reprehensible treatment. In 2001, the next two installments of the Jesus Freak book series came out. Live Like a Jesus Freak and Jesus Freaks, Promise for a Jesus Freak. Oh, man. I think I had Live Like a Jesus Freak. Mm, I think I read could. that. Yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't called like Jesus Freaked. That should have been the same. Jesus Freaked out about Islam. And. And then in no doubt to to the swell of Islamophobia, part two needed to be made like Rambo three during the end of the Cold War. War. Jesus Freaks volume two, stories of revolutionaries who changed their world fearing God, not man, in 2002. Thank you for bringing um, Rambo three into this oh. because that's always a great movie to reference. Oh, it's it's the most referenced movie in the history of the world. It connects everything. Oh, show. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. They should have. You should have referenced <laughs> Rambo one because you know the whole part where he's screaming, "They drew first blood." Yeah. What Christianity <laughs> is? Just fucking people up in the woods and just screaming that they did it first. <laughs> they crucified they really our did. savior. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three years later, in two thousand five. I'm sure in no reaction to the fear-mongering and rise again in the patriotic fever of the 2004 election. Uh, well, well after the band was done, their name and brand got slapped on two more books, Jesus Freaks Revolutionaries and 
Jesus Freak Martyrs. And <laughs> also, there was Jesus Freak's Journal, which is the journal that allows you to write down your thoughts, prayers, desires, hopes, burdens, and insights into the scriptures. Mm. Man, can I just point out again, I know we did a whole series on this, but I'm really uncomfortable with how much uh, martyrdom was pushed on us. <laughs> Yeah. God, it's really unsettling, man. Yeah, just a little bit. So scary. Uh, Now, Chrissy, to answer your question about who the fuck are the Voice of the Martyrs, uh, they were started in 1967 by priest Richard Wormbrand, Mm. who was imprisoned and tortured for preaching to prisoners in communist-controlled Romania in 1944. Well, he's also a warlock with that fucking name. Wormbrand? Yeah. 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 Uh, he spent 14 years in jail. Wormbrand retired. Uh, he spent 14 years in jail, uh, and he came back over and f- started this organization, uh, which is supposed to raise money to help people in other countries that are being repressed, that are repressed Christians, I guess. Uh, mm. Wormbrand... Uh, he retired from the organization in 1992 and turned the reins over to a man called Tom White, who I mentioned before. White was a persecuted Christian himself. In the late 1970s, he crashed his plane into Cuba while trying to drop Bibles off. Oh, my God. Yeah, that Bibles. Most... They, cert... <sighs> they, they came in powder ego. form. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were hollow. <laughs> <laughs> He has the most appropriate last name. White. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, he you know what sentenced... I thought you said when you first said his name? I thought it was Tom Waits. Oh, and no. I was like, yeah, that yeah, is Tom, such yeah. a weird, weird fucking, fucking crossover. But it makes sense because Tom Waits is just a fucking enigma of a human being. I could see him dropping true. off Bibles over Cuba. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> just uh, swigging whiskey while doing it, so. <laughs> <laughs> writing a song about it he was sentenced to 24 years in cuban jail because he was a christian and that's the only reason why um mm. he was he was eventually released only a couple months later and was sent back to the u.s uh he wrote uh what i'm sure is a totally trustworthy and truthful book about the whole experience called god's missiles over cuba what are the Bibles the missiles? Yes, I assume so. Man. Donovan, you sound exasperated by that title. Yeah, I just... Yeah. Uh, I don't like fucking Christians, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the least imaginative motherfuckers in the world. Oh, uh, we're we're going to fast forward to 2012. Um, uh, a 10-year-old girl came forward to law enforcement that Tom White molested her. What the fuck? Mm, shocking. When, when, <laughs> I was gonna say, hey, spoiler alert, but I should have saw that coming. When White <laughs> found out, when White found out he was invest under investigation, I'm a trigger he dr- warning, not spoiler alert. For fuck's sake, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, when White found out he was under investigation, he drove to the organization's headquarters in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Staff found his car parked outside with a suicide note inside. White drank a lethal amount of Benadryl and alcohol, and that killed himself. Um, that killed him. 
So uh, that's certainly not something that an innocent person does. I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to fucking kill myself. <laughs> Just make sure that you guys write a book with a bunch of people that call themselves honkies and they, they call the black guy the N-word a lot. You know, I really want to write a book with people like that. Okay, I'm going to drink this now. Bye. <laughs> Took the with the Baptist cocktail. Uh... <laughs> Make sure uh, yeah. they, they have a song called Jesus Freak, something like that. Okay, thanks, bye. Yeah. On, on, <laughs> he, he finished, on, he finished yeah. his suicide note like a phone call. All right, thanks. For- okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't think of a more Weasley way to kill yourself. Benadryl and alcohol. He probably was on a list that couldn't buy guns. <laughs> He's driving home. In Oklahoma? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they give some you like three of them when you're born yeah he wasn't born there some guy he didn't get his yeah they uh, give him three guns and call them gold frankincense and myrrh yeah that's, orientation. that's yeah. <laughs> uh the police closed any further investigation into white after his death mm. I'd like to add the police chief and former mayor of the town were on the board of directors of Voice of the Martyrs. Mm. <sighs> Michael Wormbrand, an officer on the board and son of uh, the former founder, Richard Wormbrand, didn't like what had become of the of the organization that his father had built. He called for <laughs> really. An, an, yeah, he. <laughs> He called for an independent investigation into Tom White going back at least two years into his travel and contacts. He was Mm. concerned with what happened recently with Jimmy Savile and what could be hiding. Oh, Oh my God, dude. God, if they're connected. and No, they're not connected that I know of. But just just like any great Mm. Christian organization would do, they told him no. He was then let go from the organization. <laughs> Michael then started dropping the dirt and fighting against them and f- bringing to light a lot of the issues within the organization. Like when in 2001, they were basically forced to agree to help out and support 100 Christians who had been held in prison in 1980 and the 1990s uh, with the funds that they raised that was supposedly to do that very thing. Or like when the when the home people of the organization secretly built a twenty eight million dollar headquarters in Bartlesville. Again, the former mayor was involved as he served on the city's leadership board. <laughs> or Jesus. that the heads of Voices of uh, Voices of Martyrs paid themselves one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year in rural Oklahoma. Or like Voices of the Martyrs Bible un. This part is really fucked up. Voices of the Martyrs Bible Unbound program, which is ridiculous and incredibly dangerous. They have underground Christians in China print, hide, and ship ship Bibles translated into Chinese to Oklahoma. Then Voices of the Mar- then Voices of the Martyrs sells these Bibles for thirty dollars and ships them back to China. So that the Christians in America can feel like they're doing something awesome for Jesus. What the fuck are you talking? 
Why would they send them to Oklahoma? Why wouldn't you just do a collection and be like, hey, we're collecting $30 for for a pro- Chinese Bible? a big fucking thing about a, out of boxing them and shit. Well, they're just like, oh, we're doing this. All, all these Bibles could be printed in the United States, <clears throat> which would save a shit ton of money to begin with, sold at the still same ridiculous markup, and then sent over to China or thrown in a fire so no one gets shot for being sent a fucking Bible. Jesus Christ. So they're putting them in not just in danger for getting sent a Bible, but also putting them in danger for translating, printing, storing, and then shipping them out of China to the United States for no fucking reason. And then they're taking their money when they sell them to them, right? They're taking the money from, like, if I bought a Bible, they would take my $30. Right. Um, so the people so. in China that are buying them when they send them back, they're taking their money. From they're not taking money from people in China. Okay, I thought you were saying that the people in China made it. They shipped them here, and yes. then we sold them. They sold them to people in China and shipped them back to China. No, no. So Americans. So I. So they put it up on their website as. Uh-huh. Do something great for the Christians in China. Pay buy this Chinese Bible so they can read the Word of God in Chinese. I still don't get why they had to ship them to Oklahoma to do that. It would save so much money just to keep them in China. What the fuck? It would, and it would also save a ton of money not to do this in the first place. Um, Well, yeah, of course, but do they get to write uh, it off? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure this is all fucking tax deductible. Um, but uh, this next part is a huge trigger warning for child abuse. Um, strap in. Uh, Voices of the Martyrs operates a school in Nigeria, like uh, they do in a number of other countries around the world. The director of the school, I'm going to fuck this up, but Isaac Alawal Newton Wuza, or they also call him Isaac Newton, um, was being accused of some pretty heinous things. Head of the response team in Nigeria for Voice of the Martyrs, Zingak, contacted Voice of the Martyrs USA and told him about a rape that was reported and that Isaac Newton had been the rapist. Voice of the Martyrs said they investigated but found that it was not Isaac Newton. Peter Jessick, the Voice of the Martyrs African director, said that he had a visionary dream that Zingak was trying to take over and Zingak was trying to frame Isaac Newton. And then Zingak was fired. Oh my God. Some of the Reformation Baptist Church, who was also partnered with, uh, with the school, started investigating the claims on their own. So a lot of credit to them and thank you for the, to them for doing that. Uh, the church, the the claim, uh, the claims were claims of rape, molestation, physical and emotional abuse, and more. They went back to Nigeria. the The Baptist Church went back to Nigeria, but something impeded their investigation. Isaac Newton would threaten, torture, and send away people who came forward. He would also pay off victims of families to keep quiet. Sounds Through like Isaac- a great guy. Yeah. Through Isaac Newton's connections and money, he was able to get his accusers arrested also. There was also a social issue that rape is the shame of the woman. So that was also another big issue um, of anybody talking about it. Reformation Baptists still persisted and found some people who would talk. Voice of the Martyrs didn't respond to the claim and drag their feet. 
Reformation Baptist made a video of allegations from victims and sent it out and made it public and still Voice of the Martyrs did nothing. Finally, Voice of the Martyrs promised to do a lot of things that they never followed through on. Through pressure, Nigeria finally investigated and brought Isaac to trial. The night before he was going to testify, Isaac Newton died of a stroke in his jail cell. Oh my god. Voice of the uh. Martyrs had done next to nothing to help support or reconcile with the families of abuse. And uh, I, would, I forgot to put it in here, but uh, so that's the story of sorry, that's the story of Ni- the Voice of the Martyr in Nigeria. Um, very fucked up of what happened um, and very fucked up of Voice of the Martyrs. They're a terror- terrible organization. Um, if you know people in your family that are still in the church and they give money to them uh, in any way possible, at, at least try to talk them out of doing that um, and give to a different organization. But... Uh, be nice. Um, but uh, I put... I left something out of here that was really petty of uh, Voices of the Martyrs, but really kind of speaks to who they are. Um, they have a, a... They reproduce... Uh, what's his name? Robert uh, Wormbrand's book that he wrote about uh, all the stuff that he went through in Slovakia and during World War II and everything. And in the front of the book is a, um, the foreword is done by Tom White. In the middle of the book, there's a picture of Robert Wormbrand with Tom White. And Michael had asked them to stop pressing the book and to take, if they weren't going to, to take those two things out. They didn't do either of those. So hmm. that's the type of organization yeah. they are. Sounds like a respectable one that should definitely be making books with Christian bands. Yes. So. Um, oh, shit. That's I forgot why. That's why we were talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's all down connected. with the DC talk. Down with the DC talk. I think it's d- d- down with the DC talk. Good. Sorry. I think it's decidedly evident that Mike White was uh, or Tom, Tom White, Tim White. Yeah, Tom White. He he was decidedly not A two J. Oh, he was. He might have been the most A two J person alive, though. The same uh, way. Oh man, you saying you saying Jesus was a pedo? <laughs> it's, the, it's the last thing we need to be saying on here. The Christians will come after us. <laughs> Suffer the ch- little children to come unto me. Um, uh, I don't want to know. But before we go, because this is the end of the episode, guys, uh, next week we're going to go into the end of DC Talk, their side projects, the ex-evangelicalism of t- Kevin Max, a tragedy in Toby Max's life, and the support of Donald Trump by Michael Tate. Um, this is where it tastes good, doesn't it? The group Forefront and Virgin pushed out more content, but sort of. Uh, the DC Talk video compilation came out in 1998 and that went gold. It included Narrow is the Road, Welcome to the Freak Show, and all their video singles. Also in 2000, the album Intermission, The Greatest Hilts came out, and that went gold as well, and that contained two new songs. So that takes us to DC Talk in the year 2000. 
So were the other songs on this. <laughs> so it's two new songs and the rest are covers? No, they're the greatest hits. Oh, okay. covers. I guess some of them were covers. I remember I remember uh, when I was like 11 or 12, I saw on the TV Guide channel that Newsboys, I mean, uh, DC, no, yeah, Newsboys was like having a concert on TBN, and I like set my whole fucking week aside for it. I was so stoked. I was like, hell yeah, bro. And then I fucking put it on, and I saw Michael Tate singing, right? And I didn't know that he had become their singer. And I'm oh, fucking man. sitting there, and I'm like, okay, so I guess DC Talk's opening for him, and I just fucking sit there, and I, like, muted the TV, kept leaving and coming back, and Michael Tate's on the TV. I'm like, when the fuck is DC Talk going to get off the fucking stage? <laughs> and you're missing the breakfast song I the missed whole the whole time. fucking concert, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> God oh, damn, I was so bummed. But I I, I haven't listened to uh, anything with Michael Tate singing their, like, their songs that he w- uh, was with them when they came out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've only, I mean, it, I've only listened to the original recordings. I've never heard him saying those. Oh, uh, do you listen to any of the new stuff that he did with them at nope. all? Nope. No. Okay. I, no. I mean, I only have because I had to for the fucking podcast. And then I had to listen. <laughs> I listened to his solo project, uh, his band called Tate. Don't you mean the name. blessed pop podcast? Yes, the Blessed Podcast, yes. So, but, uh, all right, his, so let's finish. His voice is great, though, bro. He's got a great voice. It's very seal-like. I, I would never, I, none of them, I would complain about their voices. I think Toby's got, yeah. a, like, if once he got done with the, I think he's actually a decent. Don't you fucking say it. Fuck. Don't you fucking say those words, Jack. And Supernatural, when he was, when he was just doing his his like really like i'm gonna talk sing kind of thing i'm just like he could have he could have done an alternative band i think okay i thought you were gonna say he was actually a decent rapper oh no 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 That's i just meant I like you're going and i was like you better I, fucking I, shut no <laughs> there's talent there and like i think there's talent with all of them yeah. um i think kevin kevin max is an amazing singer i just don't like I any of the stuff that. so yeah that's um that's where we're going to leave it today. We did uh, what happened after Jesus Freak up until 2000. So how you guys feel? Super Impressed. happy that I gave these people money. <laughs> Which Thank one? You. Voices of the Martyrs and DC Talk? No, just DC Talk. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure DC Talk gave those chodes some money. So indirectly, yes. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm glad Bear Share was a thing. I didn't pay for jack shit. I stole from them. Yeah, right. So, yeah, Kevin Max comes on here. He's like, so, uh, yeah, buddy, you owe me some money. (laughs) (laughs) Here's your 14 cents. I was uh, 11. You can go right to the Hagerstown Penitentiary if you need that cash. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Thank you and join us next time uh, every Wednesday. Uh, you can email us, please, at. What the hell did you put on? What is this? This is fucking me. What if I stumble? Oh my god. What if I fall? Uh, I'm the high. I lose my step and I make fools of
fools of us all. Did you do this recently? No, this is from fucking 15 years ago, bro. Oh my god. That's Danielle's cousin. The lower voice. Wait, what if I fall? I'll stop it. <laughs> Donna. Oh, I was trying to play the fucking falsetto part because I did that shit, dude. Are they so revealing? This time I cannot describe. You have the ultimate A to J award today. I was right there. Fuck this. Oh, here. My love for you will never change. Beautiful. <laughs> That's so fucking bad. You cut that. <laughs> I'm, I'm like cringing on your behalf. Uh, it's not like uh, it's like you don't sound bad. It's just a bad song. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah it's not you. It's me. <laughs> it's not me. It's Toby Mac. Yeah, yeah. Or whoever wrote that song. Or whoever wrote that <laughs> Yeah, that right. my brain, man. Funny enough, you know, it was a famous ghostwriter at the time by the name of Prince. <laughs> oh, at least it wasn't uh, Tom Waits. He left the studio and went and recorded with Sheila E. right after that. Oh. Uh, join us next week because we got to go. Uh, <laughs> email us, please, at xcompod at gmail.com or message us on any of the social medias. Uh, I feel like every day we get like five messages from different people and it's just and it's amazing. awesome um which is great uh about anything that's on your mind anything seriously Absolutely. you should see some of the we, messages we get thank you mm-hmm. very we much we appreciate them. them all we share yeah. them with the, between the three of us and it really does mean a lot to us 100 percent. yeah mm-hmm um please rate review subscribe do all that stuff on and whatever you use to listen to podcasts with um thank you to the band iron chic i had a request uh for who the band was uh on one of one of the reddit threads uh uh, the band's iron chic c-h-i-c uh follow them on all your social medias just under iron chic uh they have a pretty decent sized discography so get into all of it um you can yeah i i fucking love that band um you can follow me at chaz x cure or 17 underscore seconds on instagram that's usually where i usually find find me at uh (laughs) facebook sometimes um but anyway Mm. um you can follow my other podcast uh the holy hour where gavin antonio and i talk all things cure related and uh donovan do you have a hot take for us uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I really fucking hate how taste buds change. It's really not fucking cool, dude. It is not cool. I fucking mine never have. Me. Really? Oh my god. Yeah, I, I still eat cocktail onions like they're going out of style. I have my whole life. Yeah, I can. I I can eat spicier shit now, which is cool. But like, there's yeah. some stuff I eat that I used to dig. That's like, oh, this is too sweet now, or this just tastes bitter, and it just fucking sucks. So yeah. that's my hot take. <laughs> I remember when I didn't eat onions and then I love them now. So that was yeah. really like a weird switch. 
Yeah, so. I'm starting to dig olives now, and that was like a big sign. Mm-hmm. Like on a pizza, I think it tastes great, and I used to fucking hate them. So yeah, yeah. cheese is a weird one for me. I fucking hate what? cheese. Like I don't. I'm not a big what? cheese fan. Yeah, not a big cheese fan. And now, like even in like just you know over what? the past yeah. six months, I started like I'm like. I really fucking like cheese and like I go to work and like people we have a demo station so I just kind of eat it on there and I'm like Jesus I was like this is the, yeah graze mm. move Chaz along mm. <laughs> he's eating half the wheel of brie he's been standing there with his muzzle just fucking against the table <laughs> the one just giant bowling ball eye just staring at me should we put the salt like over there <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. Oh, also, like, also, just go listen to uh, the Rubber Band Man, the Rubber Band Man by the Spinners, because it's just a great song and always makes me okay. happy. Um, I watched the the TV show The Bear today, all the all the way through with my wife, and it's really that's such good. a good show. Yeah. So Danielle wants to watch it, but that's like one of the ones we like when you were like thinking of something to watch. You it always slips your mind. That's that one for us. The thing that got me is that the episodes were only a half hour long, and I was like, "Fuck yes, let's do oh, it." Oh, dude. Okay. So yeah, we it was, watched it's... it all day. So all day, it was four hours, I think. Really? Dope. So yeah. It. I loved that show, but it was super hard for me to watch because it's all about grief and losing someone. Yeah. It's still pretty yeah. raw from my mom's yeah. death. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I avoided it because I thought I was going to be way too anxiety inducing for me just because of i could never work in a kitchen like i worked at mcdonald's and that was bad enough um i can't imagine what it's like working in a kitchen with those kind of like high stakes and people fucking yelling at you all the time oh i'd hate it kitchens uh did you guys see the menu we just watched that a couple nights ago one of my favorite movies it was fucking this last year and i just saw it this year so but like yeah i watched it the one day didn't tell my wife and then i was just like hey you want to watch this movie, The Menu? I heard it's pretty good. And then we watched it, and she was like, oh, this was so good. <laughs> I've done that. I've never even heard of it. I'm oh, my sorry. God. It's Ray so Fiennes? It's on HBO now. You should definitely watch it. Oh, okay. It. Da- Danielle's, like, uh, super into food. Like, we, we, I think we have told you guys it before. Like, she watches, like, every food show on Netflix. She, like, yeah. she's so, like, she knows all the terms and shit. So when we were watching it, she was super stoked. But, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, my God. Like, they get all that shit right, but then the way it's written is so good. And Ray Fiennes is just so fucking amazing, dude. Oh, man, he's so good in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite line in that movie? Mm-hmm. This is a tortilla. <laughs> Are you sure you weren't watching Nacho Libre? No, it's the best line in the movie, and the only other, the only way I'm ever gonna say tortilla ever again. It wasn't the question leading up to that. Was what the fuck is this? Yeah, where's the yeah? What the fuck is this? This is a tortilla. Yeah, because they weren't getting the they weren't getting like real food. (laughs) Yeah. So Chrissy, go watch it. Okay. I can't think of my favorite line from it. Wow. You're acting like a child. Don't be such a child. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of good stuff in that movie. Yeah. John Leguizamo was dope, too. And he was in fucking Violent Night. I know. He's having a a renaissance or whatever. And he was in the John Wick movies. So he needs more roles. Oh, hell yeah. He's the next Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Yeah, bring it back. Yeah. So, sorry, Chrissy. Do you have anything for us? (laughs) Um, well, not to... Uh, well, I'm going to skip the book and just tell you I finally watched The Glass Onion. 
I haven't watched okay. it yet. It is just great. Really? Benoit Blanc is... <clears throat> Why did we waste Daniel Craig doing James Bond when he oh, could do yeah. things like this? Dude, Liz, like, Liz he was amazing in Logan Lucky. I said, there's been a murder oh, in, yes. in Savannah. <laughs> That's pretty fucking good. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I was like, Daniel? Daniel? Are you on the show? You guys are sucking dude. on a peach. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. I could eat a peach all day. Oh, no. No. No face-off references, please. What's happening? <laughs> oh. All right, let's do our our thing, my bobbers. So we can go to bed. Peace be with you. And with your spirit, are you yeah, a demon right now? What's that? It's Donovan. Are you a demon right now? That's a very growly voice. What did you say? Uh, and everybody say. I like my looks. I like my personality. Almost every second that I'm awake. But maybe the reason.